You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Sarah Vaughn at Mr. Kelly's. Uh, in the room, I have Rob, Hi. Adam, Ben, Hello. Grady, and ahoy, John, ahoy. myself. At Mr. Kelly's is a 1957 live album by American jazz singer Sarah Vaughn. It was produced by Bob Shade and released on Irmacy Records. The entire album was recorded live at Mr. Kelly's Jazz Club in Chicago. The genre is vocal jazz. And I got this from All Music, uh, John Bush off of uh, allmusic.com. During the mid-50s, Sarah Vaughn spent most of her time recording songbook standards backed by large orchestral in-floored arrangements with only the occasional breath of fresh air like her masterpiece 1950, 1954's Sarah Vaughn with Clifton Brown. Four years after that milestone, another landed with the live album. At Mr. Kelly's, recorded quite early in the days of the live LP, the album captured Vaughn at her best and most relaxed, stretching out on a set of late-night torch songs and ballads. What did we think of Sarah Vaughn's At Mr. Kelly's? I'd say let's uh, build a stairway to the stars and climb that stairway <laughs> to the stars with love beside us to fill the night with a song spoken like a Fucking crazy person. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it, it didn't actually. It does not translate well. Um, no, I listened to the record, and I was just I was surprised by how repetitive the vocal routines were for this thing that was supposed to be recorded. Like, oh, this is what this is what it's like to see Seraphon in off concert. It's like, yeah. holy shit, I don't want to see Seraphon in concert. <laughs> I prefer to not see it. This I, is yeah. not for me. No, this, this is not for me. I, but caveat to that, though, I did then go and listen to the 91 re-release of it, and it's much funnier and much more endearing because Why? there's takes that she's like, just like, ah, I fucked up that take. But the band's still She's playing, the, so the here can, I go. That was the version that I listened to. Yeah. The oh. candor between the and songs. With, with that, no, like, during the song, I was like, oh, that's fucking endearing. That's awesome. Was that on I How High a, the Moon? I had, a, the I had a different take from that, because that, that, that was the only version of the album. Like, you can hear to. the fucking microphone get knocked over, yeah. and then, like, the audience is cracking up. Well, and no, she's that, that, just... that part's funny. But there were other songs 
where she didn't know the words or she forgot the words and she just kind of like half-ass scatted through it. Yeah, that's, that's, and then and then she sang about well, how she's like, I'm just half-ass scatting because I don't know this song. you mentioned like, scatting. Whoa, no. But it's like, Sarah Vaughn, you knew this was being recorded for an album. Not only either that, learn the song or not, play a different song. Not only that, you, like, there's there should not be any surprises here. On that version, the MC comes up and like this is gonna be just like a regular old Sarah Vaughn thing. That's Except she has some lyric sheets in front right. of her, which clearly which she did not. not. <laughs> because she keeps fucking up. So either it was a big marketing ploy, <laughs> which failed entirely, or she just wasn't paying attention. That said, way more endearing upon listening to the 91 re-release and uh, Honeysuckle Rose, which I don't think was on the original. It was. It was? Okay, that song is fucking filthy. She is a dirty (laughs) bird. Can we hear some of that? that My my, my first impression after I got through about half of it was just like, I feel like I've heard this before done better. And I don't, I, like, I couldn't, I, it sounded like, I said this at lunch, but it sounded like a Hilly Balladay or like a Fella Etzgerald or something. Like, you know, it was just, it just, I didn't dislike it at all. But there, nothing struck me about this. It, it was like white noise to me. Well, and, um, and, and, what, and I'm not I, a big fan of, of vocal jazz for what it's worth. Um, yeah, and that's, that's sort of where I have trouble with it is this style of, of jazz, this this vocal jazz has kind of become such a cliche at this point. So contextually, and from you know what, sixty years, sixty plus years later, yeah, maybe a little bit biased against it, but that sort of scatting yeah. sort of thing. Well, it's like get... I I would ten times rather hear Nina Simone. You know, yeah. it's yes. like when I hear certain things here, it's like oh maybe she's like maybe she influenced Nina Simone. Maybe that's why she matters to me. And and where, where where I have to like throw in like. This is maybe the proto album or yeah, style yeah. So this is of this early sort of don't thing. Hit the table though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've got Italian my, hand gestures. He's got Irish and I'll, table hands. I'll, I'll say yeah. <laughs> I'll bring a bit. Touch my cup, you're my sugar. It's so sweet when you stir it up. When I'm taking sips from your tasty lips, seems the honey fairly drips your confection. Goodness knows, honey, sucker. So, this was an early live album. I mean, full length live album of a of a you know her her nightly we we listened to louis prima and that was supposed to represent what he would be Mm -hmm. like live um and we got that from some of the other albums but this isn't actually recorded live in the club yeah it's weird because there's it's not a she obviously can sing it's not a bad record i just don't know what it is that it's like it just doesn't grab at least to my modern ears um, it's just not not in the way that like I remember the first time I heard like Strange Fruit or something by Billy Holiday. For me, possibly, is that this sounds like 
so many of those department store jazz albums. I was gonna say like two o'clock on NPR Christmas albums like- <laughs> or something like this. This may be a, this may have been like the, the blueprint for mm-hmm. all of this shit that we have now been so inundated with that now it, it's just completely. I feel like this exactly. is like the, what you hear on the radio when like you're at your parents for the holiday and yeah. like the radio like like the radio station just on like the whole for like the whole week you're there and like you're just sort of walking around the house in your slippers and then you hear like an hour of this in the middle of the afternoon. And it's like the moment when you're like, I gotta get out of this house and go get drunk with my friends. Scat singing has been ruined except for Scatman John. But... Mambo number five is all you'll ever need. For for me, when I heard this album, I was like, oh, this is who Maya Rudolph is trying to emulate when she's doing her like goofy fucking lounge oh. singer act. Well, so and so like all all of this shit I, I think is is a testament to the fact that we cannot actually effectively analyze this album without some sort of cultural I mean watch me. Well we're doing it <laughs> but we're doing it through a twenty seventeen lens, which is that we're saying for whatever reason in twenty seventeen <laughs> Of, of the six of us, it doesn't translate. Does anybody think that this translates as well as, like, I would say so far, this is the record that we unanimously, or unanimously like the least so far? Her voice is fantastic. No? Obviously. Well, um, I keep on coming back to just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like, she's got, like, just like, there, there, and she was just one in a long line of singers that can do those glissandos all over the place. And so that they almost use it as a crutch. You know, mm-hmm. it's not effective mm-hmm. if it's all you do. You use it at, to accentuate. Mm-hmm. Use it to to make one part of a song bigger than another part of a song. If you just skip it a bit, a little better boo over yeah. the whole thing, then the whole thing is bland. It's it's bland with with cacophony. Yeah, I think. I think I actually kind of like this album. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. And again, I'm I'm taking it at the time um, of of thinking about her and, and Bert, who, who was there, El, El Fitzgerald. I, 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 I do not. I agree with the her her sort of like scat like when she goes into the scat uh, stuff. I am just that's just not. I I respect that she can do that with her voice to mimic a sort of an instrument, c- creating an instrument with her voice. But at the same time, she plays. There's a lot of like really great standards. Um, the way she does just a gigolo in this right very now. slow, somber just a gigolo. I mean, going full like Louis Prima to to that. She has a gr- a great voice. She has some great voice. She has a nice vocal style character to her voice. She, but I agree with you. She might not be elevated to the the status that like an Ella Fitzgerald or uh, Nina well, honestly, Simone I'm not or, a huge fan of you know, for what like, it's worth. She's like... she's not at that style, but I still <laughs> feel like she. She can carry her own in this. Um, and the genre, and she, I think, it's and she's kind of charming. Yeah. You know, the the yeah. mic stuff. She tells people she messed up, or you <laughs> know, that her performance is is is, is interesting. It's a, it's a candid sort of yeah, little. I'll, I'll give her two, you know, two bon mots. Like one, this is a very interesting take on just a gigolo. Like, you know, it's not at all what I would have thought of. 
uh, you know, from hearing Louis Primo. I prefer Louis Primo. No. But, uh, I prefer David Lee Roth. I, yeah, Louis Primo number one, David Lee Roth number two, uh, uh-huh. my uh, seven-year-old niece, and then Sarah Vaughn. Uh, so, Wait, does your seven-year-old niece actually do a rendition of Not yet, but I'll teach her one. It'll be better than this. Uh, but this one is an interesting take. Coming up on next week's podcast. <laughs> John Boggs' niece. And then the second Bon Mott is, you know, it might not be what I like. It might not be what a lot of us like. But but we can't think about lounge singery vocal jazz female artists without kind of having this, right? Exactly. This is... This is I think that's this, I think this that's is the Ritz crackers in that well, shitty casserole. For like, better or for worse, I guess there wouldn't years. have been any Star Wars <laughs> right? talking without, about Star Wars without Sarah Vaughn, right? It yeah, it wouldn't have been, been any uh, Richard Cheese. You gotta give without it to her. Just a gigolo everywhere you go. People know the part you're playing. Paid for every dance, selling each romance. Every night, some heart betraying. This is 1957, (laughs) which would put it at 60 years from where we are right now. And the amount of cultural shiftings and shit that's happened since then, we have no context. We have no frame of mind. This this reeks of floating egg whites on top of drinks and um, (laughs) that's still delicious. (laughs) And old shitty fruit at the bottom of a uh, a glass. If you want your salad to have jello in it, (laughs) maybe this is the album for you. My first thing I wrote down was Sarah Vaughn, more like Sarah Yawn. (laughs) Zing! Very so clever. It, this all seems clever. so jaded, though. We we have no real ex, like, uh, ability to appreciate this when it actually happened. I don't know. I just love them. I, I feel that we are we are being too judgmental. No, I'm, based I'm not. on no. the I'm band Sausalito from the movie Lost in Translation. Than the actual like the impact of this music well, when it actually came out. I don't necessarily feel like I'm jaded by the times. I haven't had any trouble with any of these other albums that we're listening to, uh, to 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 hear how it sounds in 2017 and to hear how it sounds in the 1950s. I can imagine how this sounds in the 1950s, and I think that even 1950s Ben Bustle would think that this is not for him. That like this music was written for someone. Yeah, that isn't me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I'm at. But no, uh, again, 
I thought that the reissue was better. Yeah. Um, what did the which, reissue? Do? It, it pulls in all the the entire live like, set. Her, her yeah. So it's it, 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 to me, I found that to be way more endearing. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to this record again. I can yeah. also say that, but I, I think I can also yeah. appreciate it. But I think I appreciate Sarah, Sarah Vaughn as her, a her immense as a vocal vocalist. talent. Yeah, she's got a fantastic sure. band behind her. I think it, it bears mentioning uh, this project was the first time I've ever intentionally listened to Sarah Vaughn, mm-hmm. and I was honestly only really familiar with her name as of the past couple years if i had heard it before then it went in one year and out the other i'm sure i've seen it yeah. at a record store but uh there's uh it was actually uh john Sway vic was mentioning at lunch today the reason she knows sarah vaughn's name is the same reason i do it's uh referenced in a father john misty lyric that i think is funny uh, he's talking he says i i hate that soulful affectation that white girls put on they think they sound just like sarah vaughn and i get it now like like yeah. oh yeah this is the the sound that the this the, is the original yeah yeah of sure. that like it's the original yeah. authentic version of that kind of insincere soulful affectation yeah. that people will put on their voice that's annoying yeah I will say this is also um, we've been discussing a lot of bigger bands uh, in a lot of arrangement this is just a trio mm-hmm. this is just piano. Mm-hmm. There's been drums, a lot of you know drums and bass so, with her with her voice, which is pretty pretty amazing. Um, when you stop to think about, she's carrying those those melodies in and out. That's very valid of uh, really uh, of this group. There's no you know there's no there's no strings. There's yeah. no uh, there's no sax. There's you know nothing the trumpet or anything. It's just like, her. She is the only solo instrument. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes the piano kind of drifts. It, it, it twinkles yeah. a little bit, but yeah. there's no big right. trumpet or sax solo that like takes yeah. these breaks. It's all it's all her. Yeah. So Should... how do, how do we feel? No. Nope. Uh, I mean, meh, meh on that. It's a pass it's, for me. It's not for me. Okay. Do you want to put on a little bit of uh, how high the moon? Because I think that one's the most. Uh... Well, she goes bananas. Yeah, she goes <laughs> cuckoo bananas. bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, I, I mean, that that succinctly put it together for me that yeah. she's not for me. But yeah, let how, how the moon takes us yeah. out on this one. Closed it, yeah. <laughs> for me, I, I think that she is completely valid. And I think I really like this, just the liveness of it. And she does a great job with the audience communicating and just kind of keeping it together. Yeah, she she kind of forgets the lyrics and things, but it's kind she of cute. Control, and she admits, though. it's Good two lines into the song. She yeah. says, how high the ocean, how high the moon, I don't know the words to the song, is what she sings. Yeah. She knows it before the first chorus. She knows <laughs> that she doesn't know the song. Why are they playing it? This is being recorded for an album. For what? Like, Capitol Records? Like, what, what is this? this? This is at a time when they had to put the needle directly on there, and they couldn't. They couldn't just Fair go back and, and re-record. Ill prepared. <laughs> well, the takeaway is Sarah Vaughn doesn't know how to read apparently because she had lyrics, and that makes me well, a bad person. That's all it is. If we're going to go with the the artists know exactly what they're doing and are totally coherent, then we're going to have a really hard time with the late 60s. <laughs> At least know the words to the song that you're laying down to wax. <laughs> right. I 
We have to place that in our own current. No, I am. I'm going to place it in a box and place that box in a cellar. I know. Take it a good one. It's like all it is is the theme from Frasier. Which I prefer. I actually do prefer. fine. But personally, it's because I like salad with breakfast. This sort of vocal styling has been so bastardized or corrupted by, you know, the last. 50 years worth of shit that we have no actual way of appreciating this. Man. Honestly. And I get it, but scatting is it's just like Says what, you right now in 2017. When I when I think of jazz, you cannot. When I think of jazz, I think of all me. these amazing yeah, right? players, and then the scat person's like, oh, "Come on, guys, I can do this thing in my voice. See, <laughs> we loved it when Louis did it, though. We did love it yeah, when Louis oh, did it. Chris. So much personality. It was so much faster. Louis is it all it was personality. The Maybe I'm into an up. I'm Louis an up-tempo the up-tempo scatist. Scat you like your scat fast. I like, I like fast scat. <laughs> Don't get slow on me. Get fast. I have I actually have something sure. valid to say to, to your Louis comment. So yeah. I, I think for me the big difference is, and the reason that I would say this is a pass is that you say we love it when Louis did it. Well, I love it because Louis is all personality. His voice is insane. I mean, it's it's so memorable. I remember being a kid and my parents watching Good Morning Vietnam and hearing What a Wonderful World and hearing his voice and being like, what is that? Like, what is this guy's voice? It's so big. Yeah. And when you talk about Sarah Vaughn being soulful, I don't hear that much soul. I hear her being even-tempered and a controlled singer. When I think of soulful, soul, I think of, like, Mahalia Jackson. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. I think of, like, women who are just freaking pouring it out. And that's, to me, like, that's the difference. Is like, I'm always going to react bigger to these personalities who are just freaking selling it. She, to me, seems like it's very reined in and controlled. That's, I think, for me, what doesn't work. I would have been interested had they done this live recording without her knowing they were doing a live recording. Because mm. I think a lot of the problems I have come with the need for control and nerves. That's a really good I would, point, I, I bet. I bet without that added thing that I, I might have a pretty big, hmm. a different idea But do you idea like to perfectly mm. clean, like, singing? And, I mean, like, for example, like, I don't listen no. to Michael Bublé because... No. Uh, I don't Personally. give a no, shit I mean, about. I don't, listen, I don't understand how you pronounce the name. But I think it's bubbly. Bubbly. <laughs> no, like Rob's point. Bubbly, like bubbly. More of a uh, a candid recording may have caught a less controlled Sarah yeah. Vaughn. But she seems really controlled. I see what you're saying. I, I she's self-aware that's being you recorded. Think, okay, so sorry, she's yeah. not self-aware enough to learn your fucking words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mixed emotions. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to be talking about Ella Fitzgerald. Ooh. Ella Fitzgerald sings Gershwin. I like Gershwin. Thanks. Let's build a stairway to the stars and climb that stairway to the stars. With love beside us To fill the night with a song 
Out yonder Where the blue begins The moon will guide us As we 